Hi everyone, this is Chris from Chris Watches Pretty Little Liars. And uh, two things before we hop in. Number one, I've lost my fingernail clippers. Not related to the show or even this podcast. It's just frustrating. I know they're here. There's like three places where I put them. So you might hear me like rustling around my desk as I record today because where the hell are they? Secondly, a listener reached out to the show and the producers uh, passed along a note to me. And I cannot believe it is season three, episode seven, where I know Peter Hastings from. Holy shit, listeners. That's Nolan North, legendary voice actor. A legend. I feel silly. I feel dumb. Anyway, thank you, uh, anonymous listener, for bringing that to my attention. I cannot believe it took me <laughs> this long to put that together. But as I said, neither of these have much to do with the actual episode. However, there's a very minor detail that uh, maybe I'll implement uh, as part of the show. But let's just get into it, shall we? Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. So he can help you figure out who's a... So here we are, Season 3, Episode 7, Crazy. And this is a first for the show. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe the Halloween episode way back in, uh, was that season two? Where we had the full flashback episode. This had no previously on, which I don't know if that was a HBO Max thing or this was a true two-parter at original airing, but there was no previously on. We just get a a classic cold open slash teaser from, from a lot of shows. We just hop right in. Hannah's on the phone saying, hey, mom, you weren't booked for this episode. You're not going to be showing up and all the things that's going to happen will make sense because you're not here. Knock, knock, knock on the door. Detective Wilden, creepy detective, is there. And he goes, is your mom home? I can't talk to you without a guardian around. Like, he's so mad that that's, like, the law. And he says, we need a sample of your blood. And she's like, I might, you know, I have nothing to do with the anklet. And he's like, well, it's O negative, which is the same as yours. I don't even know how he knows that. but And she's like, uh, uh, no. And he's like, well, it's very interesting because a whole bunch of people saw you come out of that room. So I assume it's you. I'm going to get you. And he runs away. And then we get our credit sequence. So I'm thinking I might start to do like a whose team is on who kind of thing. And I don't know how I'm going to present that yet. But as we've discussed, I do believe Wilden is on Team Allison. He's just a real jerk, right? Um, but we start uh, our actual episode. All four liars are walking down downtown Rosewood, having a chat. Hannah fills them in on the Wilden harassment, which it is. And then Spencer's like, I got to talk to Jason, right? Because she does. And then they're like, wait a minute. What if it is Hannah's blood? Like, could, could A have put... Hannah's blood on the anklet, which I guess automatically makes her guilty. Like, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the detective work in this case is so wacky. But yeah, I guess if her blood is on the anklet, she's going to get arrested. So it'll be Hannah's turn to be suspected of uh, killing Allison. Cut to the brew and everyone's like, that sounds like Allison. Let me just say this up top. I don't believe this person who plays Cece, who we're about to meet, looks like Allison nor talks like her. I just don't see it, folks. I know the show is, does that thing where the characters say that. And so we're supposed to be like, oh, yeah, I guess I see that too. Uh, but this person turns around and uh, her name is Cece. We later find out her full name is Cece Drake. Cece Drake. New character alert. New character alert. She does have a, the vocal fry thing going on, but I just don't see, other than the blonde hair, she looks more like Sarah Michelle Gellar to me than Allison. Maybe, maybe this is another Buffy connection. I don't know. But she's like, yeah. Before she moved to L.A., she dated Jason briefly. It was very intense. And she's back for reasons. She didn't say why. She opened a new boutique across the street from the brew. 
And she winks at Arya and says, oh, let's just steal stuff. And Arya's like, that's Hannah. Cece uh, LOLs and she runs away. Cut to school. Ella's in her classroom. Arya comes in there and says, hey, mom. And uh, Ella has a dress that she bought because she has a date on that dating website that her daughter and Hannah set her up on. Sure enough, she found someone that uh, she matched with a silver fox. A uh, person has hair. And uh, Arya says, yeah, I like the dress and don't wear a scarf. And Ella goes, okay, I won't wear a scarf. Haha. <laughs> Cut to Spencer outside of school. She's, uh, well, I thought she was Googling at first, but we see that she has, I guess, an old yearbook. And sure enough, Cece Drake is in said yearbook. I looked at the other photos, didn't recognize anybody else on that page. Um, so just Cece so far. She was the prom queen and drama and debate club participant, at least. Here's the small detail I teased at in, in the teaser of this show. Spencer has this little what appears to be a virtual electronic detective board. She has a whole bunch of, like, information. She put down for Cece. What she put down? Um, Cape May Summer with Cece Drake. So she has this whole thing, and Toby rolls up, and she quickly, like, closes it so he doesn't see. Yeah, and things have not been exactly the same between the two of them because he's asking questions, you know, what was going on? Why'd you lie to me? She says she was with Jason. She does reveal that she and Jason were the ones behind the anklet thing. Toby's like, hey, no one's automatically guilty. Remember, you thought I w- I killed Allie. So Toby says he passes judgment slower. He doesn't automatically assume anyone is guilty. Uh, and he looks pissed, and Spencer walks away. So yeah, there's tension between the um, the couple. I thought things were getting better, you know, with the, with the smooching lately, but um, this incident with the church date, well, not date, but event with Hannah, I think has kind of set them back a little bit, unfortunately. Cut to the... The brew, and there's a sign on there that says Rear Window Brew, which I thought was interesting. I don't know why that... Anyway, I'm just noting that. So I don't know if the full name is Rear Window Brew, or if it's just the brew and... I don't know. I don't know what that means. But anyway, we cut to the brew. Emily and uh, Nate are having a chat, and he says, Hey, I got Jenna a gift. Oh, Nate, please. Uh, He's, like, getting her a candle. And Emily's trying so hard not to say run away to, <laughs> to Nate from Jenna. And so she says something even funnier. She's like, yeah, candles are great, which I guess means Jenna hates candles. I don't know. but And then Jenna apparently told Nate that she and Emily are good friends. I mean, I'm, I guess she's, that's just Jenna being Jenna. I just thought that was interesting. And he's like, oh, well, Jenna told me you were all good friends. I don't know why he believes Jenna over his cousin, but he does. Not sorry. I should be very clear about that. He is not Emily's cousin. Nate is Maya's cousin. Okay. Because what happens later would make this very awkward. Which is an already awkward scene. Anyway, cut to Hannah and Arya. So Hannah and Arya go to Hannah's house. And on the kitchen counter is what looks to me like a Ouija board. She picks up the thing you use to move around the Ouija board. I guess Ouija is the brand name, right? Maybe they can't use that term on the show. I'm going to say Ouija, but we'll get into that. She uh, she cuts herself on the viewfinder thingy, the, the thing that moves around. Maybe that's the planchette. Let me look that up. Chris is... Googling this. Ah, I see. The planchette is actually the small triangle thing that she pricks her finger on. So we can still use the word Ouija board. Okay, well, there you go. Look at that. Real time. So yeah, so she picks up the planchette and she uh, she she cuts herself. And there's a little bit of tiny little cut on her finger. And there's a A is circled on the board. And the note says on the planchette on the other side, see how easy it is for me to get your blood. And they're like, A was in here. A is a key. Now... We have long established on this show, and it comes up a few times this episode in particular, no one locks their doors. No one does. So for Hannah, with a look to the camera like she's Jim from The Office, which she didn't do, I'm just saying. 
That's what it felt like. A has a key? Come on. Come on. People are walking in all the time. How many times have we seen Caleb knock on the door and just open the door? You know? So I am not concerned amongst the many tricks A does. How did A get into this house? A bajillion ways. Entering houses on this show, easy as hell. So we'll put that mystery aside. And then we find out, for some reason, Hannah buried the planchette thing as her item for Allison's grave. And we're going to get a flashback in a couple of this episode. And she says, uh, we were trying to find, Mona and I were trying to find Allie. So the flashback is Hannah and Mona at her kitchen table or in the kitchen area using this Ouija board, moving the planchette around. Little joke about Sean and his uh, V card. So just reminding us that Sean's a person and that this is truly a flashback. And they ask the spirits what happened to Allie. And I already, I was a little bit ahead of them here. Sure enough, they go A-L-I, and then it goes to V-E, and they alive, and then lightning flashes. We see what looks like Allison on the porch. Is that really Allison? Is that Hannah seeing things? I don't know. Come back to the present. Hannah says, only Mona and I know that story. So this has to involve Mona. This whole thing on the counter, this note from A. You know, Mona's the only person that could possibly know this. And Ari's like, hey, let me do the talking, actually. You, you've done enough. How about I take a crack at Mona? And then they hear the pot outside on Hannah's uh, porch area, I guess, in the back breaks, and they both jump. They're like, well, we should sleep over at one of each other's houses tonight. So I guess with mom gone, uh, that's how Hannah decides she's going to crash at Aria's house. We cut to Jason running around the school, uh, I guess, as you do. And then Spencer stops him and says, hey, hey, I am sad the jewelry didn't end this. And he's like, yeah, LOL, Garrett didn't do it, I guess. And then Spencer, as Spencer does, like, hey, by the way, your ex, CC Drake, is back in town. Huh? What, what do you think about that? And uh, he's like, oh, boy. And uh, Spencer says, CC said the relationship was intense, a two-week intense relationship. And Jason's like, everything she does is intense. And uh, Spencer says, did it end badly? And he said, you could say that. And then we find out Dad De Laurentiis is coming into town, not Jason's father, as we as we start to delineate. This is Allison's biological father. Cut to CC's shop with Emily and Nate, uh, looking for gifts. And uh, Nate's trying to buy something for Jenna. CC dispatches Nate to find some scarves. And then Cece starts to put together who, what of the fact sheets link to each liar. And she goes, oh, Emily, you're the one that had a crush on Allison, which is, uh, it's interesting. She does that a few times this episode. So I don't know if Cece is intentionally trying to act like she doesn't know who is who, but she has, she has the facts and then she has the names wrong. She did that with Aria and the Hannah fact sheet. And then here in this moment, she's like, oh, you're the one that had the crush on Allison. We move past that. And Cece says to Emily that you should warn Nate if Jenna is a bad person, you should tell him. You owe that to him. Uh, so Emily goes over, and he's looking at scarves. And I forget the exact fact that Nate knew, but he knew something about Maya that surprised Emily, which is interesting. This is another little weird thing here about Nate. Anyway, and then it's very clear. So this is why I wanted to be clear I was on the relationships here. She's like, hey, don't bother with Jenna. And he's like, well, the most beautiful lady in town is not into guys and looking right at Emily. So he does... I don't know what the term would be. I don't want to, whether he has a crush or he's interested in Emily, but it's made clear here. He knows that it's probably not going to be a thing between him and Emily, but that he's interested. So he just kind of let it slip. And then he's like, oh boy. Cut to Ella at the brew. We have a new character alert, new character alert. Uh, I called him before I knew his name, Chris Pratt or Luke from Gilmore Girls. He kind of has that vibe going on. He reminds me of another actor. I'll have to look at it for maybe next time. 
It reminds me of somebody else. Anyway, so he's they're doing like rom-com flirting. And I will be honest, there is some chemistry here. Whether it's the performers doing a better job of showing me chemistry, but there's like little quips between Ella and uh, Chris Pratt here. And then door opens. Can you fucking believe this, folks? Pastor Ted strolls in there like a motherfucker. I put, what the fuck? Pastor Ted, play in the field. So he walks in. I put, what a shit. Now that's maybe harsh. You know, Pastor Ted is not tied to, you know, Hannah's mom, Ashley. But still, I was like, dude, what are you doing? Anyway, I thought I heard Elliot Smith playing on the loudspeakers. I just noticed that. Anyway, cut to Arya at Radley. Um, we find the conclusion to our post credit scene from a few episodes ago. The nurse goes, oh, yeah, well, Mona can see patients now. Huh, that's funny. Well, you can come in. And um, Arya leaves a whole bunch of stuff at the door. And she walks in to see Mona. And much like the movie... What's that movie? Saw? Mona says, would you like to play a game? Cut to Hannah and Spencer. Uh, they're outside in sunny Rosewood downtown, the square. A little recap of what we've seen so far. And then we see Jason uh, pull up with uh, Allison's dad in the car. Uh, we cut to Emily and Nate. So Emily tells him some stuff. She just, he's, uh, so taking Cece's advice, Emily says to Nate, hey, hey, Jenna, I don't know. She dated Garrett and she's expecting him to go, oh, forget that. Instead, he goes, wow, Garrett almost got her too. Jenna's a real awesome person. And Emma's like, ugh, that didn't work at all. Cut to Ella and Ted's date. Just this weird little scene in the park. I don't, I don't know, this is like after school. I mean, this is a long date today for, uh, for Ella. He's eating ice cream and Ella makes a weird face, which you find out later why she did that. Cut back to Hannah uh, and Allison's dad. She walks up to uh, Mr. De Laurentiis and she says, um, this person also looks familiar to me. He looks like a comedic actor. I'll have to think of his name. Anyway, Hannah says to him, I'm sorry for what I did. And he like loses it. Allison's dad. And I was like, wait a minute, did I miss something? What the hell's going on here? I guess I didn't miss something. This is a inserted information we're going to get later. But the scene was very confusing. And I have to be honest, his anger does not equate what happened, in my humble opinion. But we'll get there. Cut to Arya and Mona back at the Radley. Uh, Mona makes this huge little card castle. And we talk about the planchette again. Arya says to Mona, that's not the only thing taken from Allison's grave. Do you know anything about this? Mona says, it wasn't me. And tell Hannah, I'm sorry. And then uh, visiting hours are over. So uh, that's it. A big waste of time. I got to be honest with you folks. She was probably there for who knows how long. Literally nothing of use uh, in this moment. Arya's leaving and Hannah's outside. And she's like, hey, we can sneak in after visiting hours. Follow me. And Arya's like, oh no. Okay, let's do it. And so they sneak back in. Cut to Emily and Cece. I guess Emily's like uh, ending her shift and Cece's closing up shop. And um, there's a little joke about coffee. And Cece's like, hey, did you tell Nate about Jenna? And Emily's like, I tried to, but I think now he likes her even more. So Cece goes, hey, let me get your, uh, can, let me give you my number so we can be in contact. Emily gives over her phone. They show us Cece looking up Jenna's phone number. Uh, Cece calls Jenna and does this thing like, hey, I heard you're dating my boyfriend, Nate. Stay the F away from him or I'm going to scratch your eyes out. Uh, ha ha. And hangs up. And I'm just like, what did you do? And Cece's like, I solved it. We took care of it. Now, I made a comment earlier. Cece, to me, looks nothing like Allison, nor talks like Allison. But the show is redeemed in my eyes because this is a classic Allison tactic. So while she may not appear visually or audibly like Allison, I do agree she definitely has the spirit of Allison. Uh, and then she uh, walks away. She says, problem solved, wipes her hands, and kind of gives a wink and walks away. Cut to Ella. Uh, she's back in the brew. Uh, I guess she was waiting for Em. I don't know what she was doing in there, waiting for Emily, but isn't Emily like 
right outside. Anyway, she's like looking for, uh, she's going to wait for Emily. Or I guess, uh, actually, no, I know why. Ella's looking for Aria, and she wanted to see if uh, Emily might know. So then we have more flirty thing- things with her, and uh, we find out his name is Zach. Uh, Zach is actually the owner of the brew. And there is some chemistry here. So um, this sh- uh, I'm we're in, we're in tune with the show. Like, oh, there's something here. Cut to Aria and Hannah. Uh, Ari's going to be a lookout for just a moment as Hannah goes in to talk to Mona. Uh, Hannah goes in there and she's like, Mona, tell me what the heck's going on. And Mona's doing some weird stuff. And we see uh, part two of the flashback. Hannah and Mona are outside. They go up to a tree with a Allison is missing poster. And this is where we find out Mona's code. So she might say something like, she lives under trees, which equals slut. So she, you know, if they want to talk trash about somebody, she'll use the first letter of like a little phrase to say it. You know, like, that person is... Totally rad and so hot. They're trash. I see what it did there. Um, so they're they're discussing this code. Car pulls up. Running out of the car is Allison's dad and new Jason, not original Jason. So we didn't have a plastic surgery issue here. So this is this is Jason forever. Uh, he runs up and says, "Yeah, you stay away." He just starts yelling at him. That was my mean joke. And he, then he runs away. And we find out that the night of the Ouija board, and Hannah thinking. She saw Allison on her patio. She went and called Mom De Laurentiis and said she thinks Allison was alive. And three days later, they found Allison's body. And then, and then we cut back to the present, and they find out Mona has left the room. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. They were standing right there. Uh, but okay. Now, here's the thing. That reaction does not make sense to me. That reaction does not make sense to me. So at this point, Allison was missing for... Almost a year, right? Hannah thinks she sees Allison outside her home. She calls Mom De Laurentiis to say, I thought I saw Allison outside of my house. Wouldn't that be an actionable item for the detectives and people looking for her? So why does Dan have this huge reaction? It's very unusual. I think we're supposed to just take it at face value. It doesn't make sense to me. If anything, they could be like, yeah, I don't understand it. Something about that really sticks in my craw. We cut back to, so Mona's gone. I thought for in, for a second that Mona stole Aria's car, but I guess not because there's a car careening down the street, passes Spencer. Uh, Spencer uh, pursues it. Sure enough, Jason is, I don't know if he's really drunk or faking it, but he crashes into a parked car. Spencer hops out uh, and says, what are you doing? He's like, uh, I guess I should go to jail on Garrett. So she says, move over. I'm, I'm driving you home. So she leaves her car for some reason, just in the middle of the street, door open and drives, I guess, Jason back to his house. She's going to basically take the blame here, or I guess the intention is not to take the blame, but to cover it up. Come back to Hannah and Aria. They are trying to find Mona, and they find Hannah's tweezers on the ground. So this is kind of completing the circle, because Mona's been grabbing little items from from the beginning of the season from Hannah. So I guess she's got supplies from Hannah to do this. She went into the children's ward, which is long closed down. For some reason, left in a creepy state, but whatever. Cut to the Hastings household. Uh, Toby's in there. Spencer runs in and says, hey, Toby, can you drive me to my car? I'll explain later. And Toby's like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Knock, knock, knock. Wilden shows up and he says, we found your car at the scene of an accident. Care to explain? Everyone's kind of looking at each other for a moment. And then Toby says, oh, Spencer, I said, lock your door, implying that maybe her car was stolen. And she goes along with it. Wilden gives a, you know, he gives a mean mug to everybody and and they storm out. And Toby's like, you better, I don't know if he actually says this, but he did cover for her. 
but he's going to want to know the truth. Cut to Hannah and Arya. They hear some humming from the children's ward. They, they start walking through, and sure enough, they find... It's a creepy ward. I mean, it's unnecessarily creepy. You know, even if you shut down a ward, w- w- don't you clean stuff up? Uh, it felt very Halloween-y in here. But anyway, creepy music, right? All lights off, dusty, creepy dolls. And they find Mona in one of these rooms brushing a doll, and she starts saying a few messages. Miss Arya, you're a killer, not Ezra's wife. Ooh, okay, we're going to get to that one. So I'll just, I'll just list out all the messages. Miss Arya, you're a killer, not Ezra's wife. Maya's away, sleeping sweet until Garrett's all rosy, count on me. No one to save Allie from evil. Where were we is another one thrown in there. Uh, and then I missed my dolls. So we get all these messages. They hear some rumblings from the nurse. Hannah and Arya go hide. Uh, they tr- the nurses retrieve Mona. Mona repeats some of her coded messages. Uh, they all leave, and then everyone gets away scot-free. Cut to Arya back at home. She's on the phone with her mom. Mom's still at the brew, and she tells her daughter, hey, I'm still, I think I'm on a second date with Zach, the owner of the brew. And then uh, they cut to uh, Arya, sorry, and they cut to Arya and Hannah. They're kind of crashing, and Arya makes a joke and says the word slut, which is a callback to the flashback. And I was like, ooh, is Hannah going to figure it out? I, I, think, I, think they're, I think the show is trying to tell us, the viewers, Mono's using code. Hannah doesn't get it immediately, but she does get it later. Cut to Emily doing a stroll down the street. She sees Nate being stood up. I thought, oh, is she going to go in there and tell him the truth? But she doesn't. She just uh, she, she keeps walking. But I guess it worked. Uh, Cece's trick worked. Uh, and then Hannah and Arya, Hannah wakes up and goes, I got it. So we have a liar meeting. And so we, we reveal some of these messages. No one to save Allie from evil is not safe. So we don't know. And this is like the stinger at the end of this episode. Does this mean... They're not safe, or Mona's not safe? I would assume Mona's not safe. Now, the second message, where were we? Maya's away, sweet, sweet, sorry, Maya's, Maya's away, sleeping sweet, until Garrett's all rosy, count on me, which is, they determine as a website for www.massugar, masssugar.com. When they go to the website, there's a picture of Maya, what's the magic word, and then password. So, that's weird. And they're like, who's not safe? And then we end on the password. I'm going to get to the other message in a second here. And then our post-credit sequence, uh, someone comes into the ward, removes the head of a doll, and we find a tape recorder that recorded the entire conversation between Mona, Hannah, and Arya. So someone else has that information. So what do we think, folks? Well, let's go from most recent to the... Let's go backwards. I suspect that was Ren, who went into the ward and found his recorder, because I don't believe he is on team... He and Mona are not on the same team, right? So they're not on the same team. He's been put there to monitor Mona for reasons, and then, and then I think he is not on Team Allison. I don't know if I've said that before. I may be confusing my teams. But it's clear, uh, Ren and Mona are not on the same team. I'll say that. Yes, there's one message they didn't decode, and maybe they will next episode. Ms. Arya, you're a real killer, not Ezra's wife. What does that mean? Maya knew. What did Maya know? We don't know. But Maya knew something. So I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> uh, as I said, I do think uh, Wilden is on team Allison and his goal is to find the person who thinks they killed Allison. And then once that's wrapped up, Allison can come back to the world of the living. So why is he harassing Hannah for this blood thing? I don't know. I haven't figured that out yet. Already suspicious of Zach even though he's slightly charming. I don't why, I don't understand why Nate's into Jenna. I'm sorry, I don't get it. And he's also still, there's something still he's not saying to Emily. I think it's a misdirection again, as they do on the show with the boys. I don't think anything to do with Allison. I just, I think there's a component 
that he knows that he has not told Emily. Maybe this whole Mayan new thing has to do with something Nate knows, and he's not telling Emily yet. I think he knows more than he he knows more than he is saying, and I think he doesn't know what he knows. If that makes sense, I think he has a piece of information that he doesn't realize the significance of. Pastor Ted player. I don't know what else to say about Pastor Ted. CC is also very suspicious, showing up in the middle of nowhere. And it makes sense to me, if I'm keeping my teams right, if Allison did show up uh, outside of Hannah's house a year ago, and Mona was there, I do think Mona's part of Team Allison. That was a clue for Hannah. Now, what the intentional plan was at that point, I don't know. But it's interesting that she calls Mom De Laurentiis, and then three days later, the plan to fake her death happens. It could be, it could be, that incident is also significant in that that was to show Hannah and the other three liars, hey, I'm not really dead. But this is all going to start to unravel. But just remember that. Of course they didn't until this flashback. And finally, before I get out of here, because I've been rambling way too much, inspired by Spencer's virtual crime investigation board, and something another listener uh, brought to my attention that there are YouTube videos of people who do have a similar real board. I'm going to put together some something like that. I don't know how it's going to look yet. And I don't know where I'm going to show it so you all can look at it. But I would like to start doing that. Like put up my ties and my theories as I continue watching. That way I can keep track of it. Because right now we have these teams of A who are fighting against each other all behind the scenes. And then our liars running around not knowing anything, which is really, you know, they're behind they're behind the curve here. But once they catch up to that, I think uh, they'll have a much easier time. So uh, I've been Chris. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, and Googs, occasionally twitching at Mac to the gal. I also have a um, another project launching very soon. Once I have an official release date, I will tell all of you, but it's going to be called Press. I will be playing a character. It won't be me. It'll be a, a character I am playing. But stay tuned for that. I'd love to have you check that out if you're into uh, improvised comedy podcasts. Um, And yeah, I think that's it for now. I've said way too much. Where'd you say you're moving to? Rosewood. Oh boy. New kids moving to town. We're so paranoid.